0: We have a whole squad that can really hoop and get this job done. We got a way win to win. It's simple for us.
1: The first team ever in the 74 year history of the NBA to come back from being down 3 1 twice in the same playoffs. Nuggets down one into Burry. Here we go. 10 seconds. Burry to Jokic. Jokic. What's up, everybody? Jenna Garcia here with your latest and greatest episode of the Chicken Nuggets podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Betstamp. It's a new app where you can keep track of all of your bets. You can even connect your sports books to it. So check out Betstamp. And when you download, don't forget to use promo code JennaG. We're recording this episode Sunday night after the Nuggets lose their third straight game. They have only lost three games straight one other time this season. Otherwise, they pretty much lose two and then win one before they lose another game. This is the longest losing streak of the season, tied with an earlier losing streak, which was December 2nd, December 4th, and December 6th. They lost to Atlanta at in Atlanta on December 2nd. They lose to the Pelicans on December 4th, and then they lose to Dallas at home, which was like the final straw, if you all remember. Uh, That was like the last time they lost at home for a while. They lose again at home on January 22nd. So between December 6th and January 22nd, they won all of their games at home. Very impressive for the Denver Nuggets. And then after that, January 22nd, loss to OKC. Again, they don't lose at home for a very long time. So... This is not like the Nuggets. This is uncommon. Um, So it's no need to freak out. Absolutely. I thought that they would win this game against Brooklyn. They end up losing 122 to 120. They lost to San Antonio a couple nights ago, 128 to 120. And of course, to Chicago, 117-96, to and that was the last time we talked, was before that Chicago game. So that's three in a row for the Nuggets. Obviously, each of those getting closer, right, in distance. The first loss to Chicago being uh, worse than San Antonio, just being by eight, and then uh, losing to Brooklyn tonight by two points. They do get a shot up in the last few seconds of that game, but no Jamal Murray. He leaves the game. In the second half with left knee soreness, no Thomas Bryant tonight, Vlatko Chanchar was available tonight, so uh, Coach Malone did use Vlatko in this game, and he ends up going to Christian Brown even in the second half. So we're going to get into all the details of this game and, of course, the juicy tidbits I got after the game from MPJ in this episode of the Chicken Nuggets Podcast. But before we do that, don't forget to follow and subscribe at Vita Viva Diva on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok.
0: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
1: Not unlike many of the games we've seen from this team when they lose, this is a story of two halves. This is a story of starters and bench We've seen this game happen before to the Denver Nuggets. In the first quarter, the guys went back and forth a bit. It ends up tied 30-30 to after one. The second quarter, the Nuggets really do pull away. They seem to be um, kind of finding their groove, finally hitting some shots. MPJ ends up having 19 points in this first half, a plus 17, AG, Nicola and KCP are all plus 20s in the first half. AG with 12 points and Nicola with 19 points like MPJ going into that break. Jamal Murray was the only guy who was struggling a little bit, probably due to that left knee soreness. He had only one rebound in that first half and one assist and nine points. I also want to just shout out, like, MPJ had two assists in that first half. He did only have one rebound, and maybe that's something that he could improve on, but he does in his few minutes in the second half, which we'll get to next. When you look at the bench in the first half, Jamal Murray was the one who staggered with them, which left him at a plus-minus of zero. So Bruce Brown, minus four. Reggie Jackson minus nine in his eight minutes, Jeff Green a minus 12, and Blacko a minus 12 in his five and a half minutes. Uh, Christian Brown, Thomas Bryant, don't get in in that first half, but that bench is overall a negative, and Jamal is just a plus minus zero, neutral zero. The rest, the starters all in the positives, and the bench all in the negatives, much to do with that first or that second quarter because in the first quarter it was pretty even back and forth, and the starters played most of that first quarter. That second quarter is when the bench comes in, um, the stagger at the end of the first into the second quarter, and then um, the starters came back in at the end of the second, of course, just like Malone always does, right? We're used to this rotation that he does. He's been staggering Jamal with that second unit, which is why Jamal was a neutral at that point. One thing that did stand out to me in the first half was just that Denver was absolutely beating them up on the boards. Um, Brooklyn's a bit smaller than Denver. They ended up winning the rebounding battle 25-8 to in the first half. Denver had nine turnovers, though, for 11 points, so Brooklyn scored 11 points off of their nine turnovers, and Brooklyn had just six turnovers. So you have to ha- look at those little things when um, when you're wondering like where did this game go wrong? When I see Denver is winning the rebounding battle and hitting their shots, that's why they're winning, right? If they stop winning the rebounding battle or stop hitting their shots, I'm guessing they're probably this game probably evens out a bit, especially if you know the Nets start hitting their shots, which is exactly what happens in the second half. In the third quarter, the Brooklyn Nets do exactly that. Cam Johnson goes off, hits a couple of threes. Um, Dorian Finney-Smith goes off, has a big third quarter. Basically, their entire starters, Nick Claxton, Mikael Bridges, Spencer Dinwiddie, they all have really impactful third quarters, making some big buckets. They hit a combined four more threes um, for that Brooklyn Nets team, while the Nuggets... um, Play Michael Porter Jr. a total of seven minutes and 20 seconds in the first, in the third quarter, those first few minutes of the third, 21 seconds to be exact. In that time, in those seven minutes, he had just four points, but he does double his rebounds, right? He started in the first half, he finished with just one rebound. In the, at the end of the third, he has three rebounds. So he doubles his rebounds, finishing with three, and then he gets two more assists, finishing with four at the end of the third quarter, which I got to say, like, MPJ, you know... When he's not hitting shots, he could just stand around. We've seen him do it before. He hasn't been that guy this year, this season. And you you saw him playing really good defense in the first half. He was really trying. That third quarter was a tough stint for him. And I'm not saying that those guys didn't go off on him, you know. There's a reason they got buckets. And it wasn't just Jamal and Coach Malone said, it wasn't just MPJ, excuse me. Coach Malone said that himself. I'm gonna clip that piece in right here for you. Yeah, he had a really good half, uh, first half shooting the ball, um, but um, everybody in that third quarter played poorly. And it wasn't just Michael Porter Jr. Everybody struggled. When you get out of sport, 37 to 18, um, and then the group that was in there in the fourth played well. You know, I rolled with that group. I put Christian Brown's energy, uh, you know, in 11 minutes seven points, three rebounds, and that's a really good defense possession. So uh, it's just a, when you're down like you were, you're just looking for a spark. You're looking for somebody to give you some life. Uh, and
2: I.
1: So before we get into all of the details of what happened in those last five minutes and twenty seconds, um, I—if you look at the highlights on YouTube, you know you can watch, rewatch the full game if you want, if you have access to that. Um, I double checked, I triple checked, I swore I saw MPJ checking into this game at the five-minute-ish mark, and even when I spoke to him after the game. I asked him, like, how do you get back into a rhythm when you're getting in with five minutes left in the game, you know, after sitting for 12 straight minutes? And I had done the math wrong and not checked the box score. I really thought he had gone in at the last five minutes and 22 seconds. So I double checked and looked it up on the video and he goes to the scorer's table to check in. But everything happens in that exact moment and he doesn't end up checking into this game. And I didn't realize that because there was so much other chaos. I was thinking, this dude's on the floor. They're just not passing the ball to him or he's not getting touches because a lot of Nuggets games, you can go back and check and you can compare the touches he gets in the first quarter and the shots he gets up in the first quarter to the shots he's getting up in the second half of these games. I guarantee you, I've checked it more than one time. I've been sitting in games wondering, Hey, where's the? Di- what's the difference between the offensive spark we saw in the first half to the second half? And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Jokic and Jamal can't turn it on. Jamal's had his fair share of Murray flurries this season. That is not what I'm saying. But there are games where there's a difference between the first half spark, a spark in the first half and a spark in the second half in MPJ's game. Um... And I really did think he checked in at that five minutes and 22 second mark. And I was so focused on the score and what was going on in the game. I didn't realize Malone never checked him in. He pulled him. He pulled him back out because at five minutes and 10 seconds before MPJ can even, before the clock stops, right, for him to check in, to have the ability to check in, Christian Brown hits a layup in transition and is fouled on that one so he he not only hits the shot but he also gets fouled so he goes to the free throw line and now it's 116 to 108 so that's when malone, malone excuse me when malone sticks with christian brown instead of mpj he decides you know what cb hits that big shot he deserves a shot here and cb absolutely deserved a shot in this game there's i my question about why mpj sat had nothing to do with or and should not take away from what Christian Brown brought to this game because he was very good defensively. in fact, from that five minute mark, five minute 10 seconds that's what we're talking about. It was 116 to 10 uh, 105 before Christian Brown hits that layup 116 107 he hits the free throw 116 108. All right, now we're in this game. so I can see why Malone sticks with Christian Brown in this moment. AG checks back in. And Brooklyn gets a miss. I went through from that five-minute mark all the way to the end of the game and counted every single possession and what happened in those possessions. In seven possessions, the Nuggets got stops. In seven possessions, the Nuggets were able to stop the Brooklyn Nets from scoring seven times in the time between when MPJ was gonna check in, but Christian Brown hits that layup instead, to when... MPJ actually checks in, which is the last 20 seconds of the game. And really, this is what happens for the rest of the game. In the rest of the game, they got they were able to get seven stops. They didn't stop them every time, but they were able to get them get seven stops. That's a really good reason to stick with that unit. That is a very defensive unit. The Nuggets were able to get make six buckets and only miss twice in that time. So on the offensive side of the ball, they had... Eight total possessions where they could score. And of those eight, six of them ended up in points three pointers, a three pointer from Bruce, twos from Jokic, free throws, but they ended up in makes. They actually were converted into reasons why this team scores. We can go through each of it, each of the plays. CB hits the free throw, right? And then MPJ doesn't check in. After that, CB actually ends up getting um, an assist to Jokic, dishing it to Jokic. So Brooklyn misses after CB's free throw. Brooklyn misses. That's one of their misses. Then Jokic um, gets a pass off an assist from CB. So Christian totally deserves to be in this game. Not just because he hits a big shot. Not just because he hits the free throw. Because he also is passing the ball to Jokic who ends up getting hitting shots in this next, you know, Stretch of game. So now it's 116-110. Brooklyn misses again, and they get an offensive board, and they miss again. Then A.G. gets a shot, and he misses. Then Brooklyn misses again. The Nuggets get another stop from Brooklyn. At 3 minutes and 13 seconds, Christian Brown gets a rebound, pushes the ball up the court to to Jokic, and Bruce hits a 3. Now it's 116-113. Now this is a real game. They are tight. Three-point game. They get another stop going down on the other side on defense, get another stop. AG gets the rebound, feeds it up to Yoke for two, 116, 115, one point game, one point game, y'all. In this time, Christian Brown totally deserved to be on the floor, and I'm not saying he didn't. This time doesn't take away from Christian Brown and what he brought to, to the game, You know, this commentary about why didn't MPJ play in this portion of the game. Obviously, Malone felt like he should go with CB. But at this moment, Bruce Brown is also on the court. Now, Bruce did hit a big three at three minutes and 13 seconds, right? He did hit a big three right there. And Bruce is probably a better defender than Michael Porter Jr., Although the last few games, it hasn't felt like he's much better of a defender than Michael Porter Jr. Um, I didn't look at who exactly got these stops. I know there was there's a block, like if it, it's a block or something like that, then I, I know there was a big block from Christian Brown and there was a big block from KCP. Uh, the first block from KCP coming in at one minute. One minute on the clock, Dinwiddie drives to the basket, KCP strips the ball. It was a strip block. Gets the stop. um, Brooklyn gets the inbound uh, underneath the basket or to the side of the basket by the the Nuggets bench. And um, I think they inbound it over there to that corner. And then CB gets the stop against Dinwiddie. Gets a block with 43 seconds left on the clock. He absolutely needed to be in this game. KCP absolutely needed to be in this game. Did Bruce Brown absolutely need to be in this game? Well, he finished the game a let's see a minus six a minus six at the end of the third quarter Bruce was a minus 15 and yet Bruce stayed in this game into the fourth quarter while Michael Porter Jr a plus six at the end of the f- at the end of the third quarter did not play in the fourth quarter at all until 20. 20- Exactly 21 seconds of the fourth quarter. 20 seconds left. He gets checked into the game. So after KCP gets that block, then CB gets a block. Dinwiddie fouls Jokic. Jokic goes to the line. It's 121-120 at this point with 23 seconds left on the clock. 23.2 to be exact. MPJ checks back into the game. After MPJ checks back in, Bruce misses a three and, and Jokic ends up missing a shot, then MPJ is checked out of the game with 3.9 seconds left on the clock. Now, that's probably for defensive purposes, but why check him in at 20 seconds if you aren't going to run a set for him? And how exactly do you think getting him in at 20 seconds left, you could run a set for him? Like, he is a lethal shooter, but he still didn't touch the ball. He didn't touch the ball. (laughs) You know, after the game, I did talk with MPJ was able to ask him and I and I didn't even realize he actually was the one who who when he said it I checked the box score cuz I still at the end of the game I still thought he had checked in at the end of that at that 522 mark I saw him at the I registered you know I see him checking in and I didn't even think twice to double check who was on the floor because the next thing you know it's a really tight game and Bruce hits a big three, it's all close, CB hits a big layup, and I'm, like, thinking MPJ's on the floor the whole time, the whole time, you know, Um, for that last stint. So, after the game, I asked him, how, how do you get back into a rhythm? when you're getting checked in and and you've sat for so long and he's like, oh, rhythm, I do, I got checked in at 20 seconds. And I, I was like, oh, shit. Like, I did not realize that it was just 20 seconds. I thought he had come in a little bit earlier than that, you know, but it felt like he had, like, he should have been in there sooner because he had such a fire first half. Like, if you saw him in the first half, he was draining everything, right? We talked about his numbers at the end of the first half. 19 points, 3 of 4 from 3 in the first half, 7 of 9 from the field. He goes 2 for 2 from the free throw line. I mean, he even had a steal in the first half. Zero turnovers. It feels like he had such a good impact in the first half. And yes, that third quarter was not great. Like, it wasn't. But like Michael Malone said in the clip, Everybody played bad in the third. Everybody from the starters. They, the Nets got what they wanted in the third, and they got back into this game. Right. That's why it was such a close game. And despite the fact that the Nuggets end up outscoring them thirty-three to twenty-four in the fourth quarter, despite the fact that they still win the rebounding battle, they end up losing the turnover battle. Nineteen, fifteen. Excuse me, fifteen total turnovers for twenty points. The good thing is um, they had 13 turnovers for 20 points in the third quarter, so the other two turnovers that they had in that fourth quarter, they um, did not turn over the ball too many more times, just literally two more times, and none of them resulted in actual points scored. And that probably has a lot to say about that group that was on with Christian Brown, with uh, Aaron Gordon, Nikola Jokic, uh, KCP, and Bruce Brown they did protect the basketball in that time we can say that now Bruce was a minus 15 in the 3rd and a minus 6 in the 4th meaning uh he improved he played better in the 4th quarter right he he improved on the defensive and he only made one 3 and it was an impactful 3 in those 4th quarter minutes so you know yes while i i never even i didn't ask the question you know, why did you sit MPJ thinking that it was going to turn into um, like a big controversy or that people would think that Michael Malone doesn't know what he's doing by any means? Like Malone has led them this far, right? Right? Like Malone got here and the, and the culture changed. Malone himself has changed over time. He's not as intense as he used to be. He's not as angry as he seemed to used to be. He doesn't, I mean, yeah, there's still rage timeouts and it's still his job and he's still passionate about it. But like, you guys got to be crazy if you think they'd get here without Michael Malone, without his defensive uh, schemes. They've talked about him all season long, raving about this guy. We've talked about him winning coach of the year. So now, because one game he doesn't put MPJ in when y'all think he should put MPJ in, you want to fire him? You think he doesn't deserve to be coached? That's not what I'm saying. And that's definitely not why I asked the question. I asked the question because I genuinely wondered if it was the two turnovers MPJ had that led to him not going back in the fourth, or if he just, uh, I mean, yeah, you could see, I think what he basically says is that he liked what he saw from the other group, but you have to wonder, you know, why they don't include, why he doesn't get back in. Maybe he just forgot about him. That's, <laughs> I forget about everything. Like, it's possible, you know, maybe he just didn't realize MPJ wasn't out there. Like, I thought he was. He sent, the- sent him to check in at 5.22. I would have liked to see MPJ checking in probably a little bit sooner than that. But hey, right at five, you- right at the five minute and 10 second mark, CB makes huge impact on this game. And that changes, you know, and you got to make decisions in the moment and you got to live with what you choose. Um, But Michael Porter looked upset on the bench because he wasn't in the game. He did sit out more than anybody else did. Ends up only playing 22 minutes and he's got 23 points. That's the second highest amount of any player uh, on the Nuggets roster. Jokic with 35 had the most on the night. And then you got uh, Mikhail Bridges, who ended up having twenty five, and then it's MPJ with twenty three, next third highest amongst both teams. So yeah, you do wonder, you know, could his could the Nuggets have had a better outcome if they had a little bit more offense? Maybe Bruce doesn't get that second three. You know, he hits the first three, but it, he doesn't make the second three. You gotta wonder, you know, does MPJ hit one of two of one of those or both of those? I don't know, you know, he's shooting pretty well from three and tonight he was three for four in the first half. So not only that, he, he has really, I think what was a bummer was just like that he tried so hard on, on defense in the first half and then he had a a bad third quarter and um, it's like the first half disappeared a little bit. And I think that that could be disheartening to a player. And it seemed like it was disheartening to MPJ. He seemed frustrated, obviously. And after the game, when I talked to him, I, of course, worded that question poorly because I thought he had gone in at the five minute mark. But he was like, yeah, I think it's impossible to get a rhythm at 20 seconds. Of course. Of course. With 20 seconds left in the game, of course. How, who could get a rhythm? Nobody. Nobody not LeBron James. Part of rhythm is time. So it was a poorly worded question by me, uh, like I said, because I thought he had checked in at five minutes. But uh, he goes on to talk about, um, as Vinny and I talked to him a little bit more, he says, you know, he played well in the second half. He hit three of his four shots that he got. He only touched the ball three, three or four times, you know, and he felt like he played well. So, and I had asked him, I followed up and said, you know, it seems like other games you get more shots in the first half than you do in the second half. And just wondering if in that, and he kind of, I don't think he liked that that question because um, I think he was thinking about this game specifically and I meant it more in general, but he did just say like he didn't get an explanation for why he didn't play, but that he knows that good players face adversity and he's just going to move on to the next game. And he was pretty mature about it. I felt like, you know, I feel like the people who are being immature about it are the people reading it on the internet. And that was never my intention for asking. So, like, I feel like a little bit, like, responsible, which, um, you know, I want to make clear. Like, I don't think it's wrong to ask the question, like, how did sitting out of that game really affect the outcome of the game sure but to start questioning people who have been consistent all year is another thing right malone's been consistent the team's been winning they've been consistent they've this is only the second three game skid like i said to open the pod so this is not common for this team and i don't think we should judge them off of the the things that they do in the uncommon moments but in their consistent moments what they've done in their consistent moments is win. So let's remember that, right? Like, let's keep our heads on straight. <laughs> I know the excitement of getting close to winning a championship is overwhelming, but let's keep our heads on straight, okay? Like, this is not the end of the world. It's the third loss of one of three, right? <laughs> There's so many more to go. And this team is a good team. They've won a lot of games. They deserve the benefit of the doubt for sure. And that goes for all of them, coaching staff included.